One of us likes to be here, one of us likes to be home. <laughs> I'm home in Oregon, by the way. I'm visiting. <laughs> I have Jeff, nice to meet you. Okay. Okay, so let's continue. Let's just blow through this because this is a kind of a longer outline than most of our other ones. We have a lot oh, of stuff. You got seven pages there, you said? I got, um, yes, I've got seven pages. So she does notes and not outlines, but that's okay. It's an outline. It's, it says intro and then it goes into the body and then it comes to the conclusion. I'm sorry. Like, okay, that's no cards. No, my yellow papers. I like to call them my okay, yellow papers. Your yellow papers. Shit, hold on. I don't have them in order. Bummer. Alright, so finishing the outline, on this trip we're going to talk about um, L.A., our history with L.A., going back to the first trip that we took in 92 when we were pregnant. Um, we're going to talk about the music lifestyle, the rock and roll, the hair metal. Hang on, um, hang on, back up. It's all based around choosing this picture, right? So the whole outline, what we did, was we found a picture the other day because we're in quarantine and all that. Right. And so we found these interesting pictures, and pilot one is one picture, and the pilot two is based around this second picture that we found. Oh, I'm sorry, did you think I didn't do a good job covering the intro and talk about all this already? Or you just... Did you really? Was I not listening to you? <laughs> it appears so. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so we're going to move on to talking about Johnny and you know all the stories, you know, the, our, our history with L.A. Okay. She's got a great book. Um, in those stories, I'd like to cover some of those poignant points about, you know, the cocaine on the corner and the same Kennison, Lake Mead, you know, 10-day trip or whatever, okay? Okay. We're going to lead into um, our ongoing love affair with Los Angeles because we started traveling in 98 for your job, for Dell, and going to Seattle to Texas. Again, northwest of Texas. How funny is that? Like, I know. That's where it all started, right? That's when we that's fell in love. You came. fell in love with the Northwest. But we're not telling the stories right now. We're just going through the outline. Okay, but save, we ended up save going... Save it for the podcast, bitch. Right on. And we would go out of our way to go to L.A. because L.A. is awesome, and yes. that's what the story's about. Go right. ahead. So that's part of the outline. So we're going to talk about the L.A. lifestyle from Venice Beach and all, you know, Santa Monica, Tar Pits, and everything. Just tell people what we like to do in, when we go to L.A. Um, See, we do love Californians. We love L.A. Okay. Um, not every... Most people in L.A. are technically California. They come from everywhere else to live know, their dreams. We love a lot of Californians. We do love a lot of Californians. Of course, if we make fun of Californians, just know we do it. Not a lot. Stupid. Um, <laughs> okay. So we uh, brings us to the next part of the outline. Find the picture. Kesley standing in the Van Halen shirt. Um, and that's the picture we decided to go with for our, our weird family photo picture. Kind of the basis of this podcast po- yes. podcast yeah finding the weird instagram non instagrammy photos of our life and telling the weird stories behind them all right so we're going to be back in la we're going to talk about the construction what it was like working in the mall shoeshine booth all those things you already know we're going to bring the so-so family into this we're not naming them so remember not to say their names please um we're going to talk about them going from you know northern california why they're coming here uh we're going to show them the night out we're going to talk about the van halen with tribute band uh, the whiskey shopping the la etiquette you know la etiquette basically we forgot to put rodeo drive on there which is awesome okay well remember that for the podcast okay you can include that anywhere where it's appropriate if you're not jumping ahead and telling 500 stories ahead of me by the way this is beautiful we're coming through some sort of canyon yeah in the high desert it's not rainy all right and it might rain it's raining it's, here it's gonna it might rain so you're gonna pick up that noise we're gonna hear some rain probably well we're um, gonna stop because that sucked okay uh we're gonna talk about our history with the rainbow room um 
We're going to go into some of the stories about Rainbow Room, what it's done for us, our relationship with the whiskey, um, not just a family tourist destination. We're going to talk about the history of the whiskey, um, how we've learned to work with them and get in, basically, how to get into cool stuff like this, okay? We're going to bring up and talk about the Atomic Punks, who they were, what they became, the venues that they played in, that we saw them, and, and all that stuff, okay? We're closing in on the outline. Are you still with me? Yes. Okay. So then we're going to talk about Escondido, um, the family-friendly versions, how we connected with them and their family life, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to wrap up uh, Atomic Punks and um, how we finished out the night, got a picture of Kesley on stage. Then we're going to come back to the conclusion of where we are now in the story, finishing the story build. Um, got to remember the porn star this time. Okay. <laughs> That's a little side note, and if you feel like embellishing that story, well, we can talk about that when we get to that point. Okay, so we're going to finish the build off to Texas, porn star, um, and then what we want, what the next chapter that moves us into in our musical career in Austin, Texas. So that's the end of that outline. So do you think you can manage to stay on the bullet points? All I'll right. try. Yellow paper number one, Kesley loses the Van Halen shirt. Oh, is that where we're starting? I'm not paying attention again. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I don't remember Kesley okay. losing the Van Halen shirt, and that was a big deal. To oh yeah, we didn't even apparently... put that in the outline. Like how Kesley lost the damn shirt anyway. I thought that's where we were starting just now, which wasn't in the outline. You I just know. Admitted, I... <laughs> so that's where I was lost, and you were making fun okay, of me. Okay, so let's just have a clean start. Okay, where are we gonna start? So Kesley loses her Van Halen shirt. The only Van Halen shirt ever. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> okay, so with, for real, I, for real, cut this out or whatever. But okay, where do we start now? Because like I just went through all that and I just realized. So I'm gonna talk about. Did we? Did you want to talk about pilot one? Decided to do pilot two intro and then move into what we're doing. Uh no, just go listen to pilot one if you want. Okay. So do we introduce the show as like pilot two? Yes. Okay. I so welcome to our. So welcome to Pilot 2. We decided that Pilot 1 was so much fun, we decided to pull another weird non-Instagrammy photo from our stories. You already said this. Oh, okay. Well, I'm wait. starting off. I just said oh, it was wait. clean. Okay, go ahead. And that was the... You wanted to do the outline thing. I know. I intro. forgot. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I blew it. I know. I feel like you keep fucking up. I am. Okay. All right. So I'm no good at this. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You're I'm... the lead. Okay. So welcome to our second pilot. Okay, now you're making me awkward. Okay, why are you laughing? Because it's fun. Okay, Jesus Christ. All right, you're stressing me out. I don't want this in there. Okay, you start the intro this time. I did two start three. Pilot starts. two. Kesley has this shirt. There's this picture <laughs> of Kesley in this shirt, a Van Halen shirt with a Van Halen banner behind her, and we're like, and she's got this awkward look on her face, and we're like, okay, where'd that come from? And so. That's we're gonna tell the story around that shirt. Right. So. And Van Halen is one of our favorite bands ever. Okay. And with David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar, we just love them. They're fantastic. Okay, I don't like that. So I'm gonna start the intro. <sighs> Go ahead. All right, pilot two. Kesley loses our Van Halen shirt in the Guadalupe River. You didn't say only. Okay. Kesley loses our only Van Halen shirt in the Guadalupe River. Oh, only. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what you wanted me to say. Yeah, so. you said our only, and actually, 
earlier you were saying the only that it was our only shirt at the time that had another van halen you didn't it. have the other van halen till we got hooked on coals years later okay. i bought you the van halen shirt like three years ago four years ago so at the time of this photo this was our only van halen shirt and it was a unique shirt too because we bought it at a goodwill and it had frilly on it and it was a yeah, tank so top it was and like buttons we, and somebody right somebody handmade this shirt it was a cute, it was a kid's shirt it was super adorable she loved it she did and she wore it everywhere until she lost it the day in the guadalupe river tubing down the most deadliest river in texas um I guess we should be grateful we didn't lose her, but... Um, <laughs> We're pissed that we lost the Van Halen shirt. <laughs> like, guess, like, where's the fucking Van Halen shirt? And I told her, I said, babe, you're going to want to leave that in the car. I don't want you to lose that. I'm not going to lose it. She lost it. Yeah, she lost it. So that is the that is the picture that we decided to choose. Not to mention she has a weird look on her face in the photo, which is awesome. Okay? So what is Van Halen to us? Why is that important? Because we love rock and roll. They're awesome. Right. They're very upbeat. They're optimistic. They're so even fun. when we started having kids or whatever, we never really like gave up our own our youthful self, right? We just kept rock and roll as a part of our life. True that. Okay. So, um, all right, let's talk about LA because I don't know how to transition this, so we gotta figure this out. Okay. So that brings me to how did we fall in love with okay. Van Halen is LA? No wait. Oh, hold on. Okay. So. That brings me back to Kesley standing in this picture in her Van Halen shirt long before she lost it, standing at the Atomic Punk stage. So let's tell that story about L.A. and the Atomic Punks and how everything in that story came to happen for us. It starts back in, what, 92 when we took that 10-day road trip? So, when, yeah, when we fell in love with L.A. was basically we, a friend of ours flew us out to L.A. He was on the road with Dire Straits, and we needed to pick up his truck and bring it back to San Antonio where we were at the time where her and I grew up met and so he wanted us to go pick up his truck and bring all his crap back to San Antonio because he was kind of based out of LA and so we did this 10-day road trip flew to LA $400 to our name yeah 400 bucks super cheap yeah super cheap um and so we um went to LA and hung out with him for two or three days and he, and he had he this was, great hotel room and right he put us up in like this like posh hotel that the band was paying for so we got to experience a different kind of LA than probably most people get to go certainly at our age certainly at our age and certainly within our budget <laughs> because our, that yeah. room like Judd Nelson was staying there that uh, night remember, remember that. so yeah his motorcycle was in the garage I think people with a $400 budget to LA have a much different experience than we had <laughs> when you're not connected to the like rock and roll lifestyle that luckily that our friend Johnny was able to hook us up into well part of it that's a fake name by the way because names Legal are protected and all that, yeah. but anyway this guy actually took us this was the experience he was like an old high school friend and and uh he went one way i went another but he ended up taking us to east la and yes. buying cocaine off the street and we weren't into it at all yeah, and to he be was, clear, yeah that was like and his he, thing and, we, we, and we're like dude seriously come on yeah we're like anyway, we have three days no, to spend when, here i don't want to spend it in jail like yeah we, we wanted to go to santa monica pier which we have a cool picture and all that and so but anyway he ended up over there and a nod side note on that is I think it was weeks later that on that area that we were in is where the riots were the LA riots of 92 yeah it was like there that at that intersection or whatever Johnny pulled over it was just all of a sudden weeks later like the biggest event in history at that time you know it was one of the biggest yeah, events it was, it was yeah we were there two weeks or so before that all happened right yeah so Johnny gives us we have three days with Johnny in LA 
What are we going to do? I'd never been there. I think you'd been there with him before. You'd been there. Uh, yeah, that's another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> that one was super sketchy. Yes. Okay. But it was my first time to LA and my first time into a big city like that. And uh, I was young. I think I was 18 at the time that we were there. I think yeah, so. yeah I, was eight, I was 18 at that time. And, and um, it was just, I was excited because it was like I'd never been to LA, but I grew up on hair metal bands, glam bands still at my age now that's the only thing I choose to listen to and that's all I listened to as a kid so to get to go to LA where you see these music videos in the 80s take place I was just like babe I gotta go to the Sunset Strip I've got to see all these places oh, that I never ran yeah. away to and started my musical I career. mean I was the same way right I right. mean I grew up on MTV Except I wasn't in LA and, I was just, yeah. yeah LA was everything huge and we loved it wait we loved going back then we love going to this day I mean LA is friggin' amazing yeah, it's just definitely one of our favorite places so we've got three days with Johnny he picks up his cocaine we start our touring around LA he shows us you know Santa Monica Malibu we go to all these cool places I think he even took us to Venice Beach um, we uh, did all these cool epic things that in, in LA just we actually saw that was the first time on Venice Beach we got pictures in front of all that graffiti and that was the first time we saw the circle uh, yeah. guitar player that's like a staple down there. Yeah, we should have looked up his And that name. was like 92, and then we've seen him over the years. Yeah, we see him. And it's them. basically a guy on rollerblades that plays guitar with this big turban hat looking yeah. thing on. And, and he's got like... He's got a spiral, spiral guitar, guitar, and he yeah. plays it and moans, and he's, <laughs> he's awesome. actually... It's really shitty. Remember we bought his Oh, it's CD? terrible. We bought the CD, and it yeah, was awful. Because he wouldn't leave you alone. Like, yes. at first you're like, oh, this is cool. This is such a Venice Beach experience back in 92 when we went. And we were like, oh, my God, look at this roaming musician. And we're like, oh, <laughs> this awesome. is crazy. And somehow we dodged his, you know, selling of, well, there was no CDs back then. We I had guess. no money either. Well, yeah, there's no CDs, so <laughs> yeah. it was impossible. Um, no, I think CDs were 92. Well, I don't know that, that it was like musicians had Not CDs. I think it was yeah. a luxury item. We ran into them several times. I think times. it was a luxury Look item. Look at this. This is beautiful. So, uh, I got my reading glasses on. I can't see shit. Uh, and you hate Oregon. So, you're not going to take your glasses off well, and I'm see this to, gorgeous I'm the outline. view. I'm keeping you on track, all right? Thank you. So, we're on yellow paper number two, by the way. We've made nice. it to one. So, of seven. Of seven. Um, anyway, so we've seen the guy throughout our visits to LA the last time we got to see him we actually bought the CD and we're like okay we should have the CD we keep running with this guy for years turns out his CD really sucked and he wouldn't leave us alone <laughs> he wouldn't leave us alone yeah we kept following us we're like okay we give him some money give him five bucks for a tip or something move on well, he followed us and followed us playing this shitty music we just passed a bra tree and there's shoe uh, trees out here and we passed one with bras all over it sorry go ahead all right okay um, is it your day to have Asperger's, apparently? Yeah, you want to go put your bra on that tree? <laughs> no, I only have one. I need to keep it close. Okay. <laughs> so, um, we finish up the 10-day trip, or no, we finish up our L.A. part of the trip, and we head back to Texas. This is still 92, and we have this epic trip that is, I write about all in my book. You can find oh, all the different stories there. That was an amazing trip. Yeah, we almost got murdered on the way back at Lake Mead again. That's story Drove the, the same road Sam Kennison ended up dying on yeah, weeks later. It was this there weird, was some historic, his, weird murdery stuff going on. Yeah, the whole way back, we were just like, we were leading yeah, like the all Denny these events, the, you know, that were happening two days, three days, a week or so behind us, you know. Plus like, the murders. Plus the murders that were never, I don't believe were ever solved, but I believe we actually ran into the people who did it, and that was 
fucking weird. Oh, they tried to take us and murder us. Well, don't tell them. It's in the book. I want them to read it. Okay. So you're going to have to pick up my book to read that story. The Art of Love. I'll put a link on it or something. All right. So then that was our first encounter with Los Angeles and all the stories, Johnny and everything. That was really cool. So fast forward to 1998 when we moved to Seattle. We left Texas, moved to Seattle, which started this love affair that we both had, I admit. She loves Seattle. She loves the Northwest. I loved the Northwest, and it began in 1998. Greg's job moved us up there. Um, Dell, he was working at Dell in Austin. We got sent up to the Microsoft campus in 98. We talked them into letting us do road trips home to visit our family and, and do your meetings like once a quarter or something, right? However, yeah. Yeah. So we talked him into instead of flying Greg down, we let the we talked him into letting us take the RV. And when we did, we were able to take an amount, an enormous amount of time off, and we would go by way of Los Angeles quite often because yeah, we're, we're on the road. Like, like out of the way, but it was great. It was vacation and yeah, we had the time, so we were like, let's go yeah. to our favorite places on our you know in route to our business trips. So we've been coming in and out of Los Angeles since 1992 when you and I got engaged on that trip to yep. 1998 where we traveled for what a period of three or four years. 98 to 01 was roughly all the Dell travel. Yeah, and we were going in and out of LA a, a lot then. So um, as we grew up and had more time and money and with a real job and things like that, as your adulthood affords you, we were able to experience more of the LA lifestyle when we were there. We could actually buy lunch and eat out. Yes. So we and decided to go eat out at. Wow, you're just gonna jump over a hundred. Okay, topics. go back to the yellow. Okay, I mean. It's okay. Do you want me to put like a sticky note on your steering wheel so Maybe. you can? Okay. So. Venice Beach. We did things like, you know, we did the typical tourist things of oh, yeah. L.A. throughout all those trips. We did, like, Venice Beach, the tar pits. Santa Monica Pier. Santa Monica Pier. We put the kids on the um, Ferris wheel. All that stuff. Malibu. Yes. We come in and out of. Rodeo Drive. Rodeo. You remembered. I know, and it didn't make the yellow paper. It didn't make the yellow paper. But Rodeo is cool as heck. All yeah. Ferraris and, It's like, just such posh. a different, it's like. It's so cool. You don't see this kind of lifestyle. I don't know why people don't embrace LA more. Yeah, we'd buy the star maps and we'd go along Mulholland Drive and up into Bel Air and... And we'd like, we'd, we'd like find our favorite celebrities' houses and go drive like right up to the gates. Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is at the height, well, one of these years was at the height of the Osborne um, craze when they had the reality show. And we loved, we were like, remember oh that was gosh. like our family they show. We would sit down and watch it on, I guess it was an MTV or something at the time. Anyway. But apparently there was this rumor that if you went up to their gate, they had this irrigation system that would spray you and yeah, like get away from the close, gate. Yeah. And so we thought that would be cool. And to get we tried. by Ozzy's gate. Yeah. And we didn't get sprayed. We never did. We got out of the car. We walked around. We tried our best to get hosed. Waved at the cameras. You know, all that silly stuff. But no, we never, we never got sprayed. But we did see his house. Yes. We saw countless... Went up to Eddie Van Halen's house on Mulholland Drive. That was Went cool. to the gate that was there. Really cool. um, we, we would go to, we like, actually, do you Bianca remember parking? or whatever. What? Do you remember parking by Eddie Van Halen's house? I just yes. remembered that. And we were like, let's just wait and see if he comes out. Oh, yeah. like a There was, like, an empty driveway or something down the drive from his house. And we would often park there. Like, every time we'd cruise through Mulholland Drive... We'd, more than once, definitely. Yeah. It was, it was kind of cool, and we were a little obsessed, and... Yeah. Share. We did that on Share's house out in Malibu. Yeah, we did. But Parked we never and saw. Watched the most go in and come and go. But yeah, anyway. we never saw either one of them. 
Nope. Um, but we'd go to the like Beverly Hills Hotel, remember? Because there's a lot of historic stuff going on down there at yeah. the Beverly Hills Hotel. Is and we go hang out in the lobby. And, and it was so accessible. That was what was cool. Is like yeah. you don't have to be a celebrity. Oh to my go. gosh! Did you go to Beverly Hills High School with the kids, or what was that? Yeah, actually, I did. I took the kids into the Beverly Hills High School, which is like all anybody who's famous now went to high school there. So it's just a lot of like. It was the celebrity high I school. I walked into a side door and went walking around. I think I chickened out or yeah, this with the is car like before schools were like on the lockdown that you see them in now, where you can't even get in the front door. We were able to like you parked up front, and I was like, yep. I got to go in there. It's I like, got pictures of y'all running in and running yeah. out. We walked in. We walked into a, like a side door or whatever, and we walked down the halls of Beverly Hills High School, and it was like right as school was letting out for the day, so all these kids were like running around the hallways, lockers, and everything. And here so we are cool. just cruising around with our kids in the middle of Beverly so Hills High School. That was around probably 98 to Well, that was on a Dell trip. So that was on a Dell trip. We should so. look up someday, like, what famous kids were going there around then because you couldn't run into them. I feel like I remember Nicholas Cage was a student there. Not in 2000. Oh, no, not... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in the remedial class. <laughs> took him some time. Okay. So, anyway, so... Beverly Hills, uh, all of LA. LA is just cool. Stayed oh, yeah, at Malibu Beverly Hills Hotel. RV Park, Beverly Hills Hotel. I'd like to expand on that because that was really super fancy. And like anybody who's anybody, whether you live or you just like celebrities go this stay the week in there. How cool is that? Like, yeah, they would like just show up. You know, we never saw them, but we would. You know, we. I love my tabloid trash magazine, so I'd always find pictures of some of my favorite celebrities at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So on one of the trips, on several of the trips, I think we've been there many times. Um, well, we do have celebrity stories that are kind of loose. I mean, you'd run into them and see them. One of the ones that stands out to me is in Malibu at that little park and hanging out with Tia Leone and David Duchovny, and they got to talking to the kids <coughs> over the dogs, and we had a little conversation with her, and it was just kind of normal day at the park for everybody, and David Duchovny was swinging his kid next to ours, and... Yeah, that was cool. I mean, they're just, you, you're bound to see some people if you just look out. And that's what's fun about being in L.A. is just, you never know what it's going to be like. Every time we go, we come away with a handful of cool stories. And every time, like, we, we're we there, we inevitably see somebody famous. And they're just, like, kind of living their lives, you know? And part of that is living there, because we would stay after 2001, after the Dell trips and all that. We would stay for month or so at a time and yeah. actually go live the life and experience yeah that was what was really cool if you think about it is our lifestyle but you know our traveling lifestyle with our work at the time of gave us time to like really plug in there we weren't staying we didn't just go through LA for a day or two or whatever we could plug in there for a good amount of time yeah and you're living there and so you're looking for stuff to do and we always kind of like the offbeat stuff yeah, so we went on a we went on murder tours, like yes. of LA. So we went and saw where the Manson murders took place, you know, and, and uh, yeah, that was morbid. That was weird, but it was historical though. I mean, it's it like is. oh my gosh, you're like driving down the streets where this the the Manson girls are like creeping around late at night, you know, and you're just visualizing. It's actually weird because the first one is San Quentin where oh, Charlie yeah. is. <laughs> Yeah, so our first podcast, we talked about San Quentin, where Charles Manson ended up, and on this podcast here, we are talking about uh, being at the actual murder scenes and stuff, but we did, we got to go see, like, uh, the houses and the yards where, like, bodies were found. Yeah, Creepy Canyon Road. Yep, we've been to OJ's house. Oh, yeah. 
before they tore like, it down. Well, yeah, the OJ's and the place and, where Nicole his, got murdered. Yeah, his wife's house where she got murdered. We stood at the gate where the bodies were. And it's all recognizable. Okay, so I got to be clear. Like we're not like pushing our kids up against the fence and taking them to these places. Well, you kind of are. No, we did not. <laughs> go take a picture. Go take a picture by the blood. No, shut. Okay, that's not how that. Let me know. We do, we are not that disrespectful. Jen's a little morbid. I'm a little creeped out. I love that shit. I mean, who wouldn't? If you had the chance a to go see don't. a murder scene that some historic murder happened, I guarantee I'm not the only one. That it's fascinating. It's absolutely. Yeah. It's historic. But it's I'm, not like you. What I was saying scene. is, I'm not taking the kids up to the Simpson house and saying, "Pose here, we're I, dead bodies." You're, ta- you're well, I'm tasteful about ish. it. It's tasteful. I'm tasteful. Yeah. What do you say, ish? It's. It's taste. I don't. Tasteful's the wrong word because it's morbid. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I think tasteful's probably just the wrong word for it. I. It's raining. We might ought to pause. All right, so we're tasteful gonna murder scenes. we're gonna pick up where we left off. The rain started happening, and we thought we would just pull over and wait it out. So now that it stopped raining, I'm gonna wrap up my tasteful murder scenes. And it's beautiful, by the way. We're in central Oregon. There's mesas and There's cliffs of, and real raining. open. There's no forest right here where we are because it's high desert where I it's do usually like dry. There's no forest. I'm not there's a fan of the forest. Irrigation going on right in front of us with one of those circular irrigation things with a farm, a ranch. As you can tell, Greg loves the Oregon. I love Oregon. I'm trying to make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want you to think I'm putting my kids out there like you were trying to make it sound good. What? You kind of do. Well. Look at them. They turned out fine. They love that. They love that stuff. Okay. Uh, death is not wrong. That's the thing, right? It's like murder's wrong, obviously, but like, it's a good thing that you do that with your children. You know, well, they explain. go have lunch in cemeteries yeah. and, yeah, and murder is a thing, and you know, it happens. Murder's a thing, man. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to get used to it in life. It's just a thing. Okay. It happens. All right. Cool. All right. So, all right. So, when we're not going to murder scenes, there you go. <laughs> so, but we're not going to murder scenes. Some of the other things that we absolutely love about the Los Angeles area is inevitably the Sunset Strip. Let's talk about what we want to, let's see. Liquor store. Showing results for liquor store along your route. So when we're in LA, one of our favorite places to go, like the only place for us to go like late at night is the Sunset Strip. <laughs> In some ways, what became important to us. What became very important to <laughs> us. To, to go back to, because, like, you don't go back to Ozzy's Gate. You don't go back to Beverly Hills Hotel. Well, we did actually go back to Beverly Hills. Well, yeah, that uh, one was kind of cool, but yeah. you don't go back, I don't know, the tar pits was a one-time thing. Yeah, right? you don't repeat some things, you know, like, you know. Yeah, the, so what we do repeat, and we have to eat, was going back to the Sunset Strip. It was cool. Yeah. So we learned a lot about the Sunset Strip because we kept going back multiple times. Well, that became a destination. It's a, it's a lifelong affinity with the 80s rock and the the era that we grew up in. It's like going back into she time. She loves Fred Michaels. Everybody loves Fred Michaels. <laughs> I don't care that much about it. Well, He made great music. Well, anyway, you don't... And Sebastian Bach, what the hell was that? We listened to his audiobook. She loved it. I was kind of like, eh. Because he tells great stories of, like, the Sunset Strip, like, what we're trying to tell. They do. They talk a lot about the Sunset Strip. Like, he's got all these cool experiences and people, you know? Like, do you want to talk about Susan? No, I want to talk about about Van Halen and Aerosmith and 
No, that's... He did talk about Van Halen and Aerosmith and all those plays. He had a bunch of cool stories. Anyway, the Sunset Strip we gravitate towards because of the, just the thick history of rock and roll. Yeah. And like, it, you know, not originated from there, but it certainly bred a lot of cool shit. But tons. Yeah. Like, this it's is like, actually very epic. The Sunset Strip it's is huge. like a breeding ground. But it's huge in our head. It's a big deal. It's, yeah. Music is important to us, and it's awesome. So, if we're talking about the Sunset Strip, we've got to really tell the story of the Rainbow Room. Like, we really got to tell the story of like how we fell in love with this place and uh, and what it came to be for us. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, do we? From the first time we went to the Sunset Strip, I think um, we were just walking through it during the day like a family does on the you know, Oh, yeah, we probably went day. to Rodeo Drive and then let's go to the Sunset Strip. And yeah, went to the course. Sunset Strip and walked up and down and like, oh my gosh, there's the Rainbow Room and it's right a few businesses down from the Whiskey and uh, across the street from the Viper and down the street from the Roxy. And yeah, it's all, all like these things are big proximity. in our head for various reasons. But the, the Rainbow Room. The Rainbow Room. The Rainbow Room. We were like, okay. Let's, we got to go in the Rainbow Room, and I and I well, don't. I think part of it was like, okay, we can get in the Rainbow Room. They're yeah. not going to let us in the Whiskey, the Roxy, the Viper, but we can get in the Rainbow Room because it's a restaurant. Yeah, and they serve food, so like. We should Let's be go there in, for yeah. lunch. Yeah, so we did. We go there for lunch. <laughs> we show up for lunch, um, and it's it's the Rainbow. Like when you walk in, it's this dark kind of sea. Yeah, you go in a side door. Remember too, you yeah. kind of go into the alleyway. Yeah, you kind of like it's the parking lot, and then you go to the left, and there's a door there. It's kind of it's not like. Yeah, yeah it's just kind of cool. Like you just the way it's set up. You walk in, and it's dark even in the daytime. It's yeah, like you walk dark. in right to a front desk too. Like yeah. it's like an admission booth. And don't confuse dark with like dirty. I want to be really clear: the rainbow is not a dark, like I mean, like a dirty place. No, it's like a dark jazz club or something. Yeah. But it's rock and roll. It's all red, and, and the lighting is 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 dark and, the, and yeah and it's it's just it's so cool so anyway we get in there and we take a seat at a table and we're just taking in the sights and we're just like i can't believe they let us in you know like this is so yeah. cool <laughs> and uh we order some burgers i th- i think i remember expecting like really shitty bar food or oh, something totally. like that. i was expecting this to be like the worst burger we ever had you know and pay a high price for it yep turns out the opposite oh it is one of the best burgers we've ever food. had it and was... we've had pizza and chicken wings and salads and all kinds of stuff everything soup i think i had there and it was just all so freaking good so, anyway, so it also became one of the favorite places to eat yeah so i say that to say is like we started going there we, we we swiped the menu because at first we thought this might be like a one-time only thing like we'd get it that's true you know that would have been probably in our trips to texas maybe, and back yeah and maybe we thought we were just getting lucky they were letting us in or something i don't know i, I remember feeling like we're never going to get to do this again well it's true because it's a small and I place stole their menu. and you stole their menu and some under your and shirt napkins and a couple of glasses in my purse i don't know yeah i definitely have the menu still to this day but anyway we we have actually gone back several times you know, I say that to say, like, we thought it was going to be a one-time thing, and the more that we were coming in and out on those trips and other trips that we took to California, we always made a point to go back. And it and felt more and more accessible. And, I mean, it was kind of off-limits feeling because they have, like, Ozzy's table and Guns N' Roses table. And, and these are specifically and small, reserved and for those bands. It's right. not like, oh, it's just named the Ozzy's table. It's like Ozzy's fucking personal yeah. And movie. this is not Hard Rock Cafe. It, they, they said it was inspired a little by, by it because of the memorabilia on the wall. But, um... It's small. It's like really small. Yeah, it's a 
Yeah, it's like in really tight quarters. I mean, you you walk around tables. You're you're basically yeah. twenty thirty booths maybe. Something like that, and they're all like kind of scattered, you know, around. It's not like a, a typical restaurant thing, you know. There's like little nooks and crannies, yeah. and I can only imagine what has happened in some of those nooks and crannies. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so the Rainbow Room, we've gone back there a handful of times, and every time we get in, we're like, okay, this is cool. This keeps happening to us. Like, and it was cool because we, yeah, and actually we started getting recognized there, which was cool, or just getting to know the people, I guess. Is, the, the managers and, and actually the owner, and Mario. And keep in mind, this is over years years like this isn't like we're going in every week you know for months at a time you know well usually not. well we'd probably if we were there for a week or two we might go in two or three times yeah we did yeah if we were there for a week or two we definitely and we learned several well one of the things was we started we started getting a we'd go in in the afternoons very very dead it's a lot of bar and upstairs and tables are all empty there's nothing going on yeah so they gave us a tour one time and we learned about you know the table where marilyn monroe and Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio would hook up and like slash barfed over here and and uh, so and so got in a fight Led's, over here yeah, and Led Zeppelin yeah, this that or the other here. and maybe the Beatles whatever it's just this long history of rock and roll in this place right and and we got a behind the scenes tour at some level he actually at one point remember took us to that gate or whatever and it was like the VIP and he goes nobody, nobody goes, goes back here. here and then he opened it up and we went He's back like, there and, yeah yeah but that's where something like those legendary stories that's where slash threw up in the corner up there. He peed in the corner. Anyway, yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> Slash let go in one of the corners. Yep. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So he gave us a lot of tours and a lot of like just behind the scenes uh, history about the place and his his family runs it, has taken it over. He's, yeah, it's like third generation. Very yeah. cool. Very very good food. One of the cool things I did like is like watching the Rainbow Room documentary. Something I did not know. Like he didn't tell us then, but um, these guys fed all these cool rock stars, you know, Slash and all these guys before they were anything big. You yeah, know, these guys they... would stumble in, you know, after a gig, not have a lot of money for food. And the guys at the Rainbow Room, you know, Mario and all those people would just like serve them food because, you know, they already worked their asses off. They needed they need some food and throw them a couple of beers. You yeah, know, and like... it's part of the documentary too, how they ended up with all the memorabilia on the walls because these guys would come back in appreciation when they were, you know, huge rock, rock stars, stars yeah. and give them a guitar signed or whatever. It, yeah, and so, so there's feel, all this cool stuff, and then that story about hard rock, you know, inspired ideas, by yeah. or whatever. And it is, it's kind of similar, but real, man. This place is authentic. Oh. There's etiquette to showing up. You don't show up in like, um, you know, like, 11 or 12 at night when there's a line out the door. <laughs> or you don't show up in like Ann Talbot's clothes or anything like that. You've got to fit the part. You've got, yep. you've got to belong at the at the Rainbow Room. So, yes, we found Hollywood Goodwill and yeah. made use of it and yeah. colored our hair just outside of that anyway. And yeah, we just did that for fun. We colored yeah. our hair naturally, but we, we would have specific yeah, I don't think wardrobe. I did my blue jean shorts and my, my <laughs> Tiva sandals Tiva sandals and my fanny pack. And leave or that your, at home. Uh, what, what was that thing you wore in your head, that leather uh, oh, skull cap? Oh, yeah, the cap. leather skull cap. Well, yeah. no, that would have probably worked down there, and I might actually have pictures of that down there. I'm not sure that ever worked. I'm looking back. Now, yeah, going, that was about it. I don't idea. know that that was a good idea. I remember feeling really cool when you wore it, and I remember encouraging you to buy it because it's like, damn, that's cool. It's a leather skull cap. Didn't work. Didn't, uh, looking back on the pictures now, I'm not sure that was a good. Again, all, looking back, all these pictures is just full of like regrets. <laughs> Add leather skull <laughs> cap to the list that we're <laughs> growing. Oh, but anyway, 
when we're in LA, we have a certain set of clothes that we like to wear, and we um, we don't go out and like buy expensive clothes like some of these people in LA do. One of the cool things about LA that we learn is they have the best thrift stores ever. Oh my god! Going gosh. to Goodwill anywhere in Los Angeles is like hitting the jackpot. We would go and drop I don't know 50, 100 bucks, and we would have we would outfit our several, all five of us in several different cool rock and roll clothes that you don't find in regular Goodwills across America. So this became our wardrobe whenever we were in LA. Oh, yeah. We would pack our, you know, traveling stuff that we would wear every day. Then we'd like, oh, don't forget the LA clothes. And uh, we'd always have our LA clothes. So, um, Very cool. you have to belong. You have to look like you belong at the Rainbow Room. So when we did show up there, we had the garb to get us in the door and the cool thing. I was going where I was going with that is we would have these relationships with the people as we showed up there and they were even saying things like, it's good to see you again. You yeah. know, every time we showed up and it had been a year or a few months, depending on our travel, um, that we had been there. And he's like, here, let me get your table ready for you. So yes. we, we slowly started becoming the people that had a table at the Rainbow Room that we were known to eat at. And I've actually seen that table in several movies over the years, like, you know, that somehow makes it into, like, a rock and roll scene in a movie, and I've actually spotted our table. We threw bread at David Spade. Side and note. And threw it yep. back. Yep. <laughs> we had a little so, food fight. Yeah, so, you know. And he was with, like, a Playboy model looking somebody. Yeah, and he was, he was so tall. He was so little. And I remember he had, like, all this dark eyeliner on. We're like, David oh, yeah. Spade, yeah. what are you doing, you know? He was nice. He was really cool. He took David a seat Spade next way. to our table. Yeah. And um, the kids were like kind of geeking out because they were like, oh my God, that's Joe Dirt. Oh, yeah. That's Joe Dirt, Mom. Oh my God. And he was like, so they were trying to not be obvious because they knew how to play it cool. Our kids have been groomed on their, you know, Sunset Strip etiquette. And um, they were kind of geeking out though because it's, come on, it's Huge Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. And so I think he, he noticed that the kids were taking a couple of peeks over his way. And he was nice enough to turn around and say, hey, you, you kids better not get out of control over there and make me throw some bread at you. <laughs> so, food fight. Yeah, so that inevitably started a food fight at the Rainbow Room between David Spade and our kids, and it was awesome. Yeah, so, and they were talking and chatty and stuff, and you know kids turn around in booth and a 10-year-old doesn't care. And, no, they are just talking, and so they started laughing, and, and they said, well, we'll throw it back at you, and, and inevitably, he, I think he even threw the first piece of bread just goofing around, like when they weren't even doing anything, I think he yeah. just threw it over the table just for fun. And they threw it back, which started a little conversation between them, which we were trying to be cool and stay out of their business. And uh, the kids didn't, you know, act like he was a big celebrity. They, they uh, said something. I don't know. He's, something came up. And he's like, what movie do you like, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, maybe they said they oh. recognized him. And, and he says, oh, you probably, probably. Uh, like the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, Emperor's New Groove was relatively new or had just come out or something. And he's like, oh, you probably liked that movie, right? And they were and like, without skipping a beat. Without skipping a beat, Kesley <laughs> jumps in. She goes, no way, man. Joe Dirt. Joe, Joe Dirt. Joe, Joe Dirt. And he about <laughs> lost his shit. <laughs> Here he was thinking he was going to be like, these kids are going to be like, oh, can I get your autograph? The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, my God. You know, whatever character he played, the llama or something. I don't know. He about rolled back in his booth laughing yeah, that they, he was recognized for Joe Dirt. Again, our kids have epic movie taste when it comes to identifying celebrities. Heck yeah. Anaconda, Joe Dirt. Who's screw do's and who's screw don'ts. Right? Why would you sell them with or without a scooter stick? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he was sitting with his Playboy model. That was about the extent of their um, interactions. But um, it was he was a really nice guy. And then later, at like a separate event, side note, um, Quiet Riot did show up when we were there. 
remember. Yep. And there was some, I think it was a, like a Guns N' Roses, like random guitar player or something. Or, yeah, there was like some member from GNR with them and they were, they yeah, got. Yeah, unrecognizable at some Yeah, they, they were in the back, past our table, like in that back booth. And, um. They were just fighting with the girlfriend. Thing. No, the wife was like, she was a, she was oh, like. Oh yeah, she was just yelling. She was like the Karen of the group. Remember, <laughs> she was like, I need this table right now. We're from Quiet Riot, don't you know that? And we're like, our kids have better Sunset Strip etiquette than the Quiet Riot drummer's girlfriend or boyfriend or uh, wife or whatever. But True anyway, we got to see Quiet Riot, and that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So, the Rainbow we've explained is just like this. It's our favorite place to go in, in LA. Um, the whiskey is a close second. The whiskey is like right up there. You just can't get food there, and it's more of a bar. Yeah, take your kids drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after we're done taking them to the murder scenes, we take them to you know bars. Bar. Um, but the whiskey's it's so famous, like it's hard not to like try to get your kids in there and, and check it out while well, we're it, there. Well, it, it, the same thing kind of played out like the rainbow, right? As we went during the day, and we yeah. caught a doorman or whatever. And we said, hey, man, can we check it out? Like, the history. This is, place is cool And he was excited. He was like, hell yeah, man. Come yeah, on come in. Let's on. Show Bring these the kids. kids. Yeah, let's show these kids where rock and roll started. I think yes. I remember that right. Yeah. And so, and anyway, so he took us on a tour, and we walked around. It's a couple of stories, and the back room, the green room or whatever, and the stage, and, you know, empty. The whole place was empty, and, you know, just the and workers And he's explaining, like, Jim Morrison, like, urinated yep. off the balcony, and, you know, like, <laughs> off over here, and so-and-so did this. I mean, yep. it was, like, legendary, the it legends of really music, really cool, you know? kind of behind-the-scenes tour, and I think that's what kind of started, and then every time we'd go down there, we'd see what was going on, and I think on some weeknights or something when it was slow they started letting us in to see a show an early show yeah that wasn't that popular and so they'd be like hey guys come on in it's cool or and sometimes we'd go by and they'd go nope go away yeah we weren't you know? always getting in but most of the time we were able to get in if it was you know like yeah and it wasn't nope go away it was just like not a good night but also there wasn't a whole lot of families with kids we never saw families with kids down there, really. I mean, in, on the Sunset Strip in general. When you say it, it, like, makes total sense. <laughs> I know, like Rainbow Room. God, or... I don't know why there's not enough families out here. Like, <laughs> There was know? none. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, so the whiskey, we started, you know, just going. In the Roxy, same thing. We'd go in during the day or So I think it's clear and... to say the Whiskey O'Go-Go is not a family destination. Nope. Don't expect just to show up and be able to get well, your kids Well, the Sunset in. Strip is not a family destination. <laughs> I mean, there was a Hustler store down there, for crying out loud. Yeah, but I mean, you know, all those people have kids too. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm sure. Well, thing. that's not true too. That's not true at all. The Osborne kids were the other kids on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> well, they were a little older too. Yeah, they were like 16. <laughs> we ran into Jack one time. It was cool. Yeah. But the Viper Room was the other one, and they were kind of a holes about it. Yeah, and they were total a holes. They wouldn't even let us. At like, best, we got our we got to look inside the door. I think one time. I actually we did, and I got to walk in there, and I went and took a cocktail napkin. I wish I still had. I don't even know. Wow. Yeah, I remember that's taking a cool. cocktail napkin. I thought about that. We but that's Johnny Depp's place, right? Or was, or however that works out. I'm, and it was a really cool yeah. venue that a lot of bands played. I'm not sure he's still connected to it, but I, I think know. he might but be. But like River Phoenix died out right, right out front, and... Yeah, right up front on the sidewalk. And there's, it, it's sad. It's like, you know, some of these things that we know about, like, um, I think we talked to the kids about, like, you know, why this is famous for us, why this is special to us. And as weird as it says, you know, to say, as weird as it sounds to say, 
you know, River Phoenix died, like right here where we're standing. But we would take that as an opportunity too, if you remember, and say yeah. drug overdose and talk, start talking to them at very young ages about that. Yeah, we've always been really open with like educating our kids on just life and, you know, talking about the real stuff. And so when we go to a place like that, we stand at a place like where River Phoenix died, it's obviously special and monumental to us because we grew up in that era of, you know, his acting and, and, and knew him through the movies. So inevitably it affected, you know, like we, we, we grew up with this kid and so I'd be watching his stuff, you know. So that's why we're here because it's a kind of symbolic moment and so that's why we share with the kids why we're standing at this particular place, like kind of taking in a few moments and going, wow, that was crazy that we saw that, that place in time. So it's not like we'd like seek these stories out to teach our kids about you know, like weird shit. But we murders. opened up but about it. But we opened it, up yeah. about it, yeah, because it's obviously important to us. It's part of our history, and we go to see the things. So back to the papers, back to the whiskey. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right, so we got to get on the whiskey. It's basically related to Kesley's t-shirt, which is where we're trying to go with all of this. <laughs> and so... So this, all that said, brings us back to the weird picture, the, the awkward photo of Kesley with her Van Halen shirt standing at the Atomic Pumps. So let's talk about... Um, how did we meet the Atomic Punks? How did we meet the Atomic Punks in this picture of Kesley here? So, okay. All those years, Rainbow Whiskey, Sunset Strip, Rainbow Whiskey being kind of the key notes of where we would go in yeah. and participate. Eat dinner at the Whiskey, or eat dinner at the Rainbow, go see a show at the Whiskey. Oh my God, we didn't talk about Austin ran the light show one time at the Whiskey. Okay, so. yeah, so that is important. So we're going to back <laughs> it up a little bit because that is kind of cool. It's a humble brag, but... Uh, yeah. So but it's it's whiskey. It's over time, right? And over the years, or however, right? Whatever. They, they let us in over all this. Like a live time. music show that's relatively um, not a lot of people there, but it was kind of screamo, if I remember. Yeah, it was, it was not our kind of metal. It was it was a little. Yeah, they were wet. doing their thing, and there was a half crowd there, or whatever, and yeah. And uh, so this is the light guy, the sound, the light technician, or whatever, sees Austin, or whatever. Austin's got this cool mohawk at the time. He was just such. Well, a remember cool... too, I was always geeking out on the sound equipment, and lighting yeah. equipment. Greg so comes I'd from always... like a little bit of a roadie background. He always loves to point out lights and sound and all that. Yeah, stuff. so we went up, and I took Austin, and he's what 12 years old or whatever. Yeah, and, I think and so like I take him up behind the light booth and. I'm like, yeah, so there's the soundboard, there's the lights, you see the guy turning knobs, touching buttons, all that. And Austin looked like a cool little rocker. He has a little mohawk. Yeah, he had a mohawk at that time. little flaming shirt, you know, his converse. We were dressing the part, definitely. It's our L.A. garb, man. Oh, man, and so I I think we were all up there because we always stayed together. But anyway, we're up there, we're listening to the band, we're standing behind or next to the light booth, the sound and light booth. And so the guy that's running it all says, hey, come on in here and I'll show you how to run the lights. We're like, no way. (laughs) Are you so, serious? Yeah. yeah. So he took Austin and said, Here's how it works. And yeah, and uh, Austin ran the lights for this band at the Whiskey. Yeah, let him push the buttons and, you know, like. Thought him about the rhythm and the fades and the buttons. That, and he did. He ran it for a long time. He I think did. he spent it was most several, of the night up there. It was like a set or something. And yeah. yeah. And so here it we are awesome. to see a show, and our son ends up employed at the Whiskey at yep. age 12. So. God, he was drunk after the night. <laughs> Austin was not drunk. <laughs> Free dreams. <laughs> Oh, we have got a, got a cute little picture of him too, right in that sound booth. If you could yes. just see him, he was just like oh, beaming glowing. like this. He knew the significance of what he was getting to do. Oh, he knew. And yeah. he was a huge, by the way, he was a huge Jim Morrison fan at that time. Remember? And so oh, yeah. when he learned that Jim Morrison and the Doors had played and had so many stories tied to the whiskey, and that he was actually playing, he was actually running the lights on the same stage Jim Morrison once played. Big deal. That was a big deal to a 12-year-old little boy. That was awesome. Yep. So. 
All right, so to, off of our side note, back to our yellow papers of outlines, um, atomic pumps. Okay, so we get back to L.A. in 2005 yeah, or whatever. Picture us back in L.A. We're, uh, yeah, where we, we've wandered around. We've come and gone from L.A. over the years. And, and so we're back in L.A. And this time we're working construction again, doing the construction superintendent work. I was working on this uh, 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 shirt and tie place, Cafe Coton. And these were just shirts and ties. This yeah, guy was bringing high some high-end shit over from France or whatever. And yeah. it was like a she-she-she store in a she-she-she mall. Very she-she mall. It yeah. was like, the, so Century City is right next to Hollywood and it's connected to, it's Century City Mall, it's connected to this high-rise building that offices all these producers and like executives network and networks and, and movies and all that. Yeah, they all so, office out of there. And they end up walking around this mall and they'd come down to the food court that we were eating and we ran into a bunch of people down there that were recognizable. Yeah, it's like the stores in this mall are like Gucci and Louis Vuitton. They're not... Yes. Hot Topic and Sabaro pizzas, things like that. So even yes. the food court had like this amazing set of restaurants and like you know, yeah, fancy food. Yeah, it was a cool, food. cool place. So if we're working in LA, we were like literally living the LA lifestyle in this place. Yeah, and this place didn't have a back door. Like a lot of mall stores have this back door and you would close off the front doors and only use the back door to bring all the construction yeah. in. This one you had to go in the front door. And so we had to set this up. And so a tiny, tiny little store. And, um, next to a shoeshine booth. Next to a shoeshine booth. And so we spent a lot of time at the shoeshine booth. It's basically, I couldn't set up a little desk in there. And I think I might have had it set up behind the shoeshine booth or whatever. Anyway, Something for my like blueprints. Yeah. It was weird. And so. Because you've got a bunch of subs working inside, so you got to stay out of their way. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time out. And, and my company, I was like the boss on the job. And, um, and so the kids, Jen, would come down and hang out with me well, all the time. Well, because, yeah, like you're working in like. She, 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 you know. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, so we're like, we started commuting in with Greg more times than we'd ever done before. Like, if he was working in San Francisco or other places, we might come in, like, once or twice a week, you know, and hang out with him. But because he was, you know, working in such a, like, a famous setting, we were like, we're going to go every day. And we did. Oh, yeah. So we would um, get in our little car, and we would drive from the Van Nuys RV park, by yep. the way. Oh, God. Have we even set Van Nuys up? Uh, whatever, we'll get there. Okay, well, yeah. So we would drive, our commute was going through um, Beverly Hills, Bel Air, uh, staying off the 405 because it just didn't get you anywhere fast. So cruising through these little neighborhoods was just as much time and oh, it was way amazing. more. These were great yeah, commutes. You're, you're passing like Stars Home. Yeah, anyway. driving on Mulholland. Mulholland, and, and we inevitably would come for our daytime visit to the Sunset Strip by coming to work, you know, and down the Sunset Strip. And we would come out there, and so the kids and I would hang out at the shoeshine booth with the two little guys that ran that, like these two young brothers in their 20s, had come up from Mexico, started their own shoeshine business. Taught the kids how to shine shoes. Yeah, because we... <laughs> we they, just, there was a relationship. You literally opened the doors from Greg's shop that he was building, his store that he was building, and it like almost hit the shoeshine booth. That's how close they were to us. So it, yep. we inevitably became friends with those yeah, guys. Yeah, and we were hanging out with them all the time. And Yeah, so he would let the kids sit up at the shoeshine seats, you know, where the people would sit there, and he would start telling us about, like, the famous people we Christopher seen. Walken, that's who I was thinking about. That's who... So this yeah, guy yeah. shows up at the shoeshine booth, and I okay. look out, and I go, I think that's Christopher Walken. And, um, and it wasn't. And, you, but, you're taking the wrong tone with me. You're taking the wrong tone. Next time you do that, I'm going to stab you in the face with a soldering iron. That's a good one. <laughs> we like to drop movie lines, quotes in there, so if you can guess it. Do it. Um, if you guess it. 
so I'm looking out there, and I think Kesley might have already been talking to him. Like, there was yeah. two chairs or whatever, and I think she was sitting on one chair, and he was sitting on the other, and I think I think I looked out, and I'm like, I think Kesley's out there talking to Christopher Walken. And, and I was like, what? And they were chatty and whatever, and so yeah. he left, and then the shoe shine guy, I was like, was that Christopher Walken? And he goes, no, that was John, John Voight. John Voight who is Angelina Jolie's father, who has a lot of Academy Awards for his own acting yeah. career and everything. And I was like, who? And we had to look him up, I think. I didn't really know. but I mean, we knew of him. Oh, yeah, we knew of him, but... and then we figured out where he was from and what he did. And so, um, But he ended up making friends with Kesley over the weeks. Apparently, he was one of their best customers. So the guy, yeah. the shoeshine guy tells us after he leaves, no, that's not Christopher Walken, that's John Voight. He's one of my best customers. Yeah, he comes down from the offices. All the time. He says, like, twice a week or something like that. Yeah. Like, they have their thing, and apparently he pays really well or whatever. Tips really well. (laughs) So we're like, are you kidding? That's so cool. And he's like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a nice guy. So, anyway, as we're building the store, were you going into the whole John White story? Yeah, well, he was really nice with Kesley, and they became friends. And so we didn't want to geek out, and we didn't want to tell her at first that she was actually talking to a pretty well-known celebrity, right? So we just kind of let them mingle over the next period of time. I don't remember. Maybe it was a week or two. And then she started... She started... Hey, John. Hey, Cass. She started recognizing him. And, like, from a movie or something. And I think... Somehow it came up. He might have... They might have just been chatty and, like, like, what do you do or whatever? And I'm an actor. Oh, what were you in? And she goes, oh. Oh, you're that guy. And you could see this is hilarious you guys i think you saw this i don't th- i think i, I saw this happen yeah. so i'm seeing it i'm like okay oh, guess play it cool she's she's knocking him off from a movie i don't know what movie she'd be midnight writer i don't know like so uh i'm like she, she's like oh you're that guy in that movie in that movie and uh keep your eyes peeled for a liquor store i am okay um so she's um Tra- trailer park laundromat Oh my god, that's a thing. That's awesome. So uh, she starts recognizing him, and then um, he, you could see him light up because he's just like, okay, what movie is this kid gonna recognize me? She's must be like ten years old, like whatever. And he's getting kind of excited, like you know, maybe his ego is coming into play a little bit. I don't know. And she's like, that that movie, um, you're that guy from Anaconda. <laughs> Like one of the worst B movies ever. I think Ice Cube was in it, and maybe I don't know some other people. Anaconda, the kids loved it. They loved freaking Anaconda. I thought that was a pretty great show. Yeah, and he all of a sudden you just see John Voight's ego just go. (laughs) Oh my god! And without missing a beat, Kesley, like this is the beauty of kids, man. I tell you what, they like. What he was probably feeling like the worst like recognition of his life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the guy has done like epic stuff, and Anaconda was not. Anaconda one of was far from epic. Before he even could feel, I don't even think she realized he felt bad. But as an adult, we recognize that you know you you don't want to be recognized for your it's Anaconda. Like, really? <laughs> all this other stuff, all this other work I've done. But really, John Boy, what did you expect? She's fucking ten years old. Like, <laughs> back the hell up, John. Um. This is why that she doesn't have a relationship with Angelina Jolie, I bet, because this is kind of daddy is. No, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. They, they connected. They reconnected. They, they have, and then they have, like, issues, because I followed it in my tabloids, okay. so I don't know. Angelina, call Jen if you need to. Y'all need to work this well, out. Well, she'll have to get come through Kesley, apparently, because that's my that's my only channel. So anyway, um, before John Voight could really, his ego could, like, take a bitch slap, um, Kesley's like, 
man, me and my brother and sister, we freaking love that movie. That's so crazy. And she just started gushing about the movie and talking about it. And she's like, do you remember that part when? And, you know, like, of course, Cassie was in the damn movie. And uh, so anyway, she started talking about it with him. And he just, you could see him just, like, kind of rise back up. And he's like, all right, this nice. isn't so bad being recognized for Anaconda. She's like that. Yeah. And it was really cool because I think that just really, like, cemented their relationship. Like, like they, they... They really liked her. He, like, genuinely appreciated who she was yeah. as a person. And you can see this over, you know, I don't know, what is this, a month and a half, two months gig yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, we saw him every week, several times a week for that period of time. Yeah, and yeah. so they would just hang out. One of my favorite memories, just to finish the whole John Boyd kessley connection. Yeah, I don't think that made the yellow paper, but go ahead. No, okay, it didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm aspergering off the thing right now. I know that. It's okay. However... One of my favorite memories of John and Kesley's uh, little relationship was um, we were leaving late work late one day. We're all tired. We're ready to get in our car for our 45-minute drive home. We're walking out of the mall, and as we're walking out, John Boyd is walking towards the shoeshine booth, walking towards our area. And without stopping, Kesley was maybe like two or three feet in front of the rest of us. And without missing a beat, without stopping to say hi or anything, John Boyd and Kesley pass each other, looking at each other. And he says, hey, Kesley. She goes, hey, John. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and they, like, pass each other. And it's like, and he just smiles at us. You know, he doesn't say anything to us, but it's a, clearly it was him I and kind Kesley. of feel like he didn't even look at us. But I, don't, I don't even know if he did look at us. I mean, it was just one of the coolest things. And as, yeah. as soon as he passed, Greg and I looked at each other and mouthed, like, oh, my God. You know, yeah. like, it's, we didn't want to. <laughs> well, to be clear, it was like, Jen. Like, oh my God, that's Angelina Jolie's father. <laughs> and like, I'm like, I thought it was Christopher Walken. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I, we didn't want to like, we tried to keep our, what do you call it? All our excitement. Cool, or, um, you know, because we didn't want to like, we didn't want to make Kesley act like that. So as she's just got her hands in her pocket and just cruising through the mall. Hey John, you know, keeps moving. Stars, they're just like us. Okay, that's dramatic. Okay, okay. wait, Century City, one more rock and roll story okay yeah one more two more star sightings while we're, while we're at it well just get the one over real quick okay michael jackson's lawyer yeah, well there's not a lot to say but he was there's in front of our there. he, it was, was just that yeah, he walked to his office every day during the michael jackson trials it just happened to be like he yeah he was around and we'd know recognize i think he had an and, office in those buildings yeah. and he was just walk, we'd see him every freaking day and yeah. he would be on tv later that day like trying to yep. clear michael jackson's Super weird name and, and awesome yeah, so, or whatever I, but yeah that's not the story that I think Greg wants to talk about. No. So <laughs> back to the rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> back to the rock and roll. Um, we were at the food court one day in this Shishi Shi Mall, and uh, how did we spot this guy? Like, did we notice him, or did somebody else notice him? No, he him? stood out because makeup yeah. and hair and yeah. So this guy dress, like, and he looked. We're like, that's a rock star. Yeah, who is that? And so he turns around. We somehow identify him as Paul Stanley from Kiss. Yep. It was Paul Stanley from Kiss. Yeah, we're not huge Kiss fans, but whatever. But we, we knew that this was Paul Stanley yeah, from Kiss. Paul Stanley from and you Kiss. can see other people acting weird around him because it's Paul Stanley from Kiss. Yeah. However, he's not in his Kiss makeup or anything like that. He has not some he had sort of makeup. Base, yes. right? or yeah, the he makeup had some, foundation. He had some fucking like. Weird. He looked weird, guys. Yeah, I don't know how long if you've been in Kiss for that long and you still don't know how to apply a good coat of foundation. I mean, what is he covering up? Is he trying to wear foundation? Well, there was much deeper problems with him. <laughs> oh, it was much more than that. But anyway, oh so he had this like crappy layer of foundation on his face that looked like you know it puts the lotion on, put it yeah, on for him. Yeah. 
And um, we were like, oh my God, what is going on with him? And he was dressed in clothes, like regular clothes, like a shirt. I mean, no, rocker clothes. I think they were like yeah. the tight, low jeans. Well, I know oh, they were Oh, they low. were the low-cut jeans. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And I yes. think they were the tight, you know, skinny jeans. This is when the era of low-cut jeans, like... I mean, shit, the dude could have been like in a tank top that was cut up above the belly button. It was I think stuff so. Now like that, that I'm starting to think you know, about it, it was, I don't it know. It was like, okay, clearly this dude is... Trying too hard. <laughs> I was going to say rock star, but yes. But it was kind of awkward. It wasn't it was even like awkward. expensive looking stuff. Like you'd expect a rock star to be dressed in or something. True. And so anyway, he's in these, some weird shirt, some low cut set of man jean, like men's jeans. And then he, all of a sudden, uh, just, all of a sudden he leans over. Bends and over. Bends over. And these low rise jeans like drop. Drop to underneath his butt cheeks because that's what low-rise jeans do. And the... Exposing the nastiest, most disgusting <laughs> piece of underwear I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the thong pops out. Yeah. His, and this should only happen on women, I think, but... Yeah. You know. I don't even... I didn't even know men could wear thongs. Yeah, well, apparently they do. <laughs> and this wasn't, like, a man's thong. It was hot pink, bright pink. Oh, yeah. It was a gold But it was old. Time. That was what was weird. It looked yeah, like it, it had been washed, like, a hundred times. Just colored. And... Like, there was, like, fuzz balls coming off Ugh. of it, you know? And it looked dirty. And it was, like, kind of just, like, hanging off to the side of one of his cheeks. Like It's true. It was the most disgusting thing. We saw Paul Stanley's ass crack. Thong. Um, and thong. Nasty thong. Yeah. So, anyway, that wraps up some of our mall stories there. Oh, yeah, and then we finished the store, and actually, well, the, what's no, connective of that is we were kind of stuck in L.A. on a time frame that actually got extended because the mall store was having issues, and so this family was coming out of, I believe, Northern California, the yeah, so-and-so of family, ours. Yeah, we and can't they, use they've their been names, friends in the past. Wait a minute, why can't we use their names when we, we, we should talk real quick about Oh, why we can't use their names? Because they're paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got those, like, um, and they'll say it. I, I'm not going to say anything they wouldn't say about oh, themselves. Oh, they'll know who we're, ta- we're talking about them if they ever hear this, but. Yeah, but I'm not going to say anything. Them, I'm not going to say anything that they wouldn't say about themselves, but they are absolutely freaking paranoid. Keep everything off the internet. Have, Prepper. You know, have five-gallon buckets of flour, that kind of thing. Yep. But the nicest people you ever did meet. Love them. Love them. Love them to death. But so, they actually told me about the zombies one time, the guy. He says, so yeah, they had prepped this area and there was these zones as you go, come through the gate and all that. Oh, the zones. I remember and the zones. And I was making fun of him or something and he was like, well, the zombies. I'm like, oh, come on. And he goes, no, the zombies are not zombies like you're thinking. What they are is the people that are coming out for my prepping goods and I would shoot them in the face. And I said, well, you wouldn't shoot me. And he goes, yeah, I would. We're like, we've been friends You're forever. Friend. We're like raising kids together. Like if I show up at your door and I need he's a like, Band-Aid or like yeah. a tomato. And he's like, you didn't prep. <laughs> he's pretty, he's he's committed. He's committed. <laughs> Love them. But there Love are him. some of our best friends, lifelong friends. We've been friends for many, many, many years. And, fantastic. And, and you know what? Look at him now. He's right. Look at the pandemic. I know. He's prepared. We've made fun of him for so many years. Uh, uh, he's probably got it all figured out. But anyway, we can't use their real names. So we've decided so-and-so to call family. We're going to call them so-and-so family. So the so-and-so family is coming down, you were talking about, from Northern California. And that's why we were talking about Culver City, so we were stuck there. But they were coming down Century City, and so they're coming down to um, help us extend this. Oh, we're at the end of our we're at the end of our fucking mall build. We're like 
we're almost yeah we're at the end of the mall build where they all wanted they wanted to help us with our business that we had our kind of our passion project that we had previously started and they were going to participate and we were going to go to texas and they'd never been to texas and we were all going to go to austin remember what they thought about texas too by the way oh my god they totally thought they were going to drive just through west texas and that's what it was it was yeah the whole like thing tumbleweeds was big, they flat, asked tumbleweeds. us if people still rode like horses like cowboys like yeah, they had this perception of California. Not, people had this perception of yeah. Texas is very diverse and ginormous, and so they thought it was all basically West Texas and prairies and pew pew that kind yeah. of stuff. Like yeah, literally like ten gallon hats. And, and Austin is not. It's very trees and rivers and hills and beautiful and hot as balls. God, I. Ugh. We obviously know you fucking hate Texas. Keep going. In the summer and everything but the winter. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Fair enough. Fair enough. So they were going to come down, and what we had been doing previously on our trip, but pet project, our passion project, is putting families with kids together on events. And our first one was like this New Year's Eve event. We were having struggling. But not just any event. You had to clarify. like. Well, I know, but we were struggling with like how to how to do New Year's Eve, right? And so, and we we're in Austin, Texas at the time, and we were like, well, let's put an event together for New Year's Eve with families, and we can ring in at 10 o'clock because everybody's tired with Because you see children. all the cool New Year's Eve parties happening for single people, and there's like good music and cool bands. Yeah. But for families, all you get to do is like park a hundred miles away from the city you know, fireworks the fireworks show and, and it was, haul your goddamn wagon across, you know, like miles. It was pretty lame back then. Yeah. And I think they're doing it better now. But anyway, back then there was lame. There was we were disappointed. To do. There was we nothing yeah. to do. So we got a holiday in together. We put a playlist together with probably at the time Britney Spears and stuff like that. No, 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 no. We were doing dance music. We were doing like Angels and Airwaves. We were like. Oh yeah. Okay. Good okay. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Anyway. So, Avril Lavigne. And we got a bunch of glow sticks, and I think we rounded up some fog machines and lights. And when and Greg we went, says we got this holiday in, we rented the ballroom. Like yeah, it was like a like a catered yeah. event we put together. Yeah, and it was cool, and it started this thing, and we called it being family at first, and uh, acronym of bare naked family, and then we put something uh, like more together. Family, yeah. we're like reading way too much into WWE. Totally. Oh my gosh, it was like we way yeah. We spent way too much time on that. Anyway, it had evolved at that point into we were hiring live rock bands. We had done a, uh, some in California and with live rock bands and families with kids, and but actual bands out of the bar scene, out of the you know the, the night scene, and it was really cool. And we had our built up a light show from Spencer's at some level, yeah. and, and glow sticks and backstage passes, and just this cool vibe we had created. It was a cool and, party element for families. Yeah, and, and with live music, it really took it to the next level. And so this family out of Northern California who we'd been online friends with wanted to participate. So they came in Medicine Century City to finish that job. And then we were going to drive across. And so when they showed up, we were like, okay, let's go check out the Sunset Strip. Because people like the so-and-so family don't do these kinds of things typically. So they were really excited about our stories and our experiences in L.A. So they were kind of expecting us to like show them around a little bit. You know, maybe not expecting, but, you know, they were willing to be shown around and showing some of the places that we frequent that we really like. Yeah, and so we had coordinated, well, you got to go to the Sunset Strip, and we looked them up and down in their Ann Taylor outfits or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like Ann Taylor we're like, locked. yeah, this isn't going to work. Uh, you're going to have to ditch the pearls. Like, that's not going to work. They had a teenage daughter that was already way Punked cooler. Out. Yeah, she, she was easy. She already had all the... <laughs> she had all the punk gear. Yeah, she was set. She was punk with Kesley, and it was awesome. Yeah, but we had to take the so-and-so family, most of the so-and-so family, to the Goodwills and outfit them and we're like dude yeah. you gotta trust me on this you know i know this is out of your comfort zone and you yeah, know we got him the flaming shiny shirt and yeah. got her whatever we got 
I don't remember what we did. Or whatever, anyway. We did her up well, but yeah. Yeah, so we tried to go rock and roll, and and, uh, it did go rock and roll. And And then we told him, okay, so you're going to want to snack between now and 8.30 p.m. Because dinner's (laughs) not till 9. Dinner's late. We're going to take you out to dinner, but we're going to go to our place, Rainbow Room, that we go to all the time. And and, uh, we're going to eat dinner there, but you're going to... Oh, and and we had found already that there was a... um, Van Halen tribute show at the Whiskey that night. That's right. And so somehow we figured how to get into that with a bunch of kids. Right, because you can't families. just show up with you know two families and a bunch of kids. Too. Yeah, and so somehow we had arranged, and I don't know how it was, because this was a full show too. The, so it wasn't, the Atomic Punks bring their own audience. I mean, it's yes. a big. They're known for. They filled up the club, and yeah. somehow we arranged to get into the Whiskey with all these kids, and they they ended up putting us on the side. We'll get there. So we go to the Rainbow Room. Yeah, so we walk in, and there, you know, it's 9 o'clock at night. You know, everybody's starving to death. Of, of course, we, we're pretty well fed. We know how, how this works. But for the so-and-so family, you've got to imagine they're waiting until 9 o'clock to eat their dinner. So we get in there. We get a table. Again, you know, the guy gives us our, our table. It was kind of cool. It was another rock star moment of, like, yeah. oh, hey, guys, good to see yeah, you. And we knew them. And we get your table. And then we sat in there, and, and they, it was a full. Guys, this was full at that point. So it was kind of cool that we had pulled this off. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was really full, yeah. So we got our dinner. We sat down. We ate. We had a great meal, of course. And uh, and then we... Walked down the street for probably a 10, 11 o'clock show start. I'm at, sure, yeah. It was pretty late at that point, at, yeah. Uh, at the Whiskey and with the Van Halen tribute band. The, the place was bucks. full. Uh, we, However we got in, we got in. And they put us on the side because the front of the stage was packed with people yeah, that might mosh pit and yeah. throw beer bottles and stuff. And... So we were standing on the side of the stage, and it was kind of in behind the barricade. And these guys put on one hell of a show. Oh so my like gosh, everybody in the place is just jumping and dancing. It's all Van Halen stuff, so it's oh, easy. and they nailed it. Everybody knows the words. They've you heard every song. And actually, David Lee Roth at some point recognized them as the best cover band. Yes. Of Van Halen, Michael, Michael Anthony, Anthony plays has ended played up with playing them. with them. Yeah. Uh, and they've been so voted. It was they, a big deal. They were voted LA's best tribute band three years in a row which i imagine in la that's a hard thing to and there's off. more to that story but this yeah. night we were just now seeing them for the first time we were standing on the side of the stage and i guess that well we stood out because we had a bunch of children <laughs> at the whiskey dressed up like punk rockers and dad's trying to look cool and mom's trying to look cool oh and wait, whoa, whoa, cool. Whoa, whoa. some of us looked cool we do. We look good. We, right. we, the so-so we family, they were, they, were, they were trying, but like we they looked good. Cool. We yeah, looked cool. yeah, we all looked good. We all actually looked really good. That ain't we a humble brag. That's a fucking brag right there. I'm sorry, <laughs> though. Don't, yeah, don't pump me into that. We pulled it off. And so, of course, the guys in the band recognized us over there. And in between sets or before the show or something, we got to talking to them. And the two main guys were Russ and... Uh, Ralph. Ralph. And Russ so, is Eddie Van Halen. Ralph was... No, Ra- yes, Russ was Eddie yeah. Van Halen, and Ralph was the uh, lead singer, the David Lee Roth. And right. it was more David Lee Roth music than it was Sammy Hagar, if any Sammy. But yeah. anyway, so... I don't even think they did Sammy. I don't even think so either. But anyway, they were fantastic. And somehow we got some time with them on the side of the stage, and they really enjoyed it, and the kids were rocking out. And at one point, the kids ended up on the stage, and the crowd went nuts. Yeah, they just, like, they lost their shit, <laughs> and they just started rushing totally. the stage... They were like, no, 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 no. And then the band just was like, what the hell are all these kids doing? Oh, they and, embraced and, it and loved it. And they just it. started jumping and singing. And it was jump. I think they pulled them yeah, up I think jump. They, yeah, anyway. they were singing word for word. And the oh, band yeah. was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the no. greatest night ever. 
the yep. crowd goes wild, the band goes it wild, the kids amazing. were already wild. Yeah, and they have they, fantastic pictures. Yeah, from this. and they're singing like so, like the lead singer leans down and he's sharing the microphone and they're singing together. It was, oh yeah, and it was so epic. Yeah. It was so cool. Like so and so family, oh. I bet with like they literally were creaming their pants. Just, it was amazing. We were. We I mean, it was. Yeah, we were. Was, we were like cool. it was freaking epic. It was like beyond you know like an experience a beyond experience yeah and so at some point in the night they say hey we're gonna do this family friendly show i think it was escondido well first like we were like guys that was so great that was so good oh my god i haven't had a great time like that in years and years we start talking we're like where else do you play and he's like well we're doing the motley crew Oh, yeah. We play in a Motley Crue <laughs> tribute band at the, as well. At the Viper. At the Viper or something. <laughs> and we're like, well, they won't oh, let us like, in. Can okay. you get us in? And I he goes, like, yeah. He goes, uh, we're like, we want to be there. Can you get us in? Can you help us get in there? Because they, they don't ever let us in. They won't let us in. And he's like, he just like totally deadpans. He goes, don't bring your kids to the Motley Crue tribute show. <laughs> they were apparently extremely raunchy. Yeah. Which makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> I love me some good Tommy Lee. Oh, oh God, and God. where this band is now makes sense as well. They're pretty raunchy. Not to be clear, I, I don't like present-day Tommy Lee, but I like my good old dirty Tommy Lee days. Well, there you go. And, and that's where you don't take the kids to. <laughs> yeah. No, Which that's Mama's show. <laughs> well, we took them, didn't we, to the Motley Crue response? Or was that just me and you? You, you and I went okay, to Motley anyway. Crue years ago. So... Let's see. So, so at the, at some point in that night, they're like, <laughs> "Gotta get out of that Tommy Lee vibe." Okay. Oh God. <laughs> there she goes. Okay. Monster. She'll come back eventually. Okay. So we're. So we're, don't bring your kids to the Motley Crue show. Don't bring your However, kids to the Motley Crue show. But we have a family friendly, friendly Atomic Punks, Van Halen, out in Escondido at this park at sunset like one or of those time or yeah, it was cool as hell. And so we're like, heck yeah, we're gonna go. And so we go. And they're not rock stars out there. They're no kind of just no. They're just a band well, at a like family-friendly like, concert. This is like the people lay blankets on the grass and they moms yeah. have their wine. Nobody's coolers, rushing the stage. Dads wear white socks. Totally. It's that kind of environment, you know. Oh, and everybody yeah. needs to be home by nine o'clock so no, the this kids was can suburban be suburban Los Angeles metro or yeah. you know beyond somewhere. Yeah, these are the people that take those magazines, those parenting magazines, up the free little newsstands, yep. and like you know, go to oh, those let's kinds go of to the rooms, show yeah. or the drive-in or yeah. whatever, and yeah, so that kind of thing. And so, so we Van Halen, and and so so anyway, we got there and um, we ended up connecting with them, and we got to talking to Russ to and Ralph and time. the rest of the band, and yeah. they were really admiring like our family vibe, and because they were becoming fathers or were, yeah, and their wives might have been there, and we were talking to them. And somebody and they might were have like, been pregnant that's so or whatever. Cool that you guys are teaching your kids like good music and rock and roll, and yeah, that, you're not shying them away were, from it. Yeah, and they totally wanted to do a show with us based on what we were evolving into these families, family shows and nightclubs. And so that ultimately, or maybe not particularly nightclubs, but no, just cool just, clubs just, that had cool stage. We and didn't light care and, where the venue was, Greg. Early on, we were just we like, really we just want to throw festival. rock yeah. and roll parties for families. That are safe and conducive to being able to have and our earlier kids. than 11 and, or 12 o'clock way starts. Way earlier than our LA 9 o'clock starts. And, and we were doing part of that and it evolved eventually into more of that. But we talked to them about that. And so one of the coolest, and we ended up interacting with them online and maybe phone or whatever. No, you pointed and out we were interacting came. on like fucking bulletin boards oh, back yeah. in that day. Like it was, it was this before the early. internet could hardly give you a boner. Yep. So like, it's like true. the, um, you know, yeah, the old BBS bulletin right, board. Right, like you interacted with your fans and, like that yeah. way. So anyway, we we kept up with them for a little while, and it was really cool. And we never got back to L.A. in the time frame. We never got a show together with them. 
but it was cool. But these guys are doing stadium shows, or were recently. Yeah. They got huge as Steel Panther, which, yeah. if, if you don't know, they're pretty raunchy. Yeah, but let me just start. You don't want to listen to Steel Panther with the kids in the car if you've nope. got young kids. There's probably some Steel Panther you can listen to. I don't think to. there's a Steel Panther song you can listen to with I kids. don't know. Yeah, they're awesome. Out, they're epic. Face, like, I don't it's know, true. whatever they're singing about. Like, but they got huge. And so I hope we run into them again someday. I know. But we can always say, back really in the day. Back in the day at Atomic Punks and Russ and Ralph. And we had a moment with them. And it yeah. was wonderful. And they were really, really sweet. So that brings me to how we came up with this picture that started this whole podcast in the first place. Oh, yeah. Which is Kesley standing in the Van Halen shirt we no longer own because Kesley lost our family's only Van Halen shirt at the time. And then all the kids ended up back on stage. I think our kids rounded up a group of kids from that. No, our kids got on stage with the so so we're back at Escondido. We're doing the Escondido show before. I don't think it, it was ended. Escondido, but whatever it was. A, go ahead. Have, do you really want to point it out now that we've said Escondido? Like five okay, it was in Escondido, okay. but that's not a San Diego. This was out of LA, I think. But whatever, it was like that. It was this. We drove. Suburban. We drove specifically for that show. I remember we we're like we're gonna go see them, and I think we had to make an effort. Big park in a suburban area, and right, it was, could right. have been Escondido. Could have been Escondido, apparently. Anyway, our kids, at, before the show ended that night, they ended up on stage with Atomic Punks doing what they did at the Whiskey, and then it was our kids who leaned down and started pulling kids out of the crowd by their hand, and the Ralph yeah, looks over at us, and I was like, dude, I can't help you. This is on you, buddy. Yeah. And they pulled up 20 or 30 kids by the end yeah. of the night. Now, at the, oh, at the Whiskey... Gosh. It was just our two kids, or our three kids, and the so-and-so kids, which was five. Here we are at the Escondido, wherever (laughs) place. With 30 kids. And our kids, we've got pictures of them just reaching down and pulling kids up by their arms up onto the stage. And and then before you know it, there's 30 kids on on the stage with the Atomic Punks and they of course they yeah, they ran them off after you know they were like okay we're done with Jump or whatever song it was and they were <laughs> yeah. like okay, kids off the stage <laughs> yeah. but for a while they got to be up they there did. and they it rocked awesome. it and that's the picture we have of Kesley in her Van Halen shirt standing on the stage of the Atomic Punks yes and that was uh, amazing how did she lose that shirt you ask um, Jen how did she lose that shirt well, Greg, I'll tell you exactly how she lost that goddamn shirt. I said to her in the parking lot at the at the at the tube place in Texas, another time in our life after all this, I said, Kesley, do not take that Van Halen shirt on the tube ride with you. You're gonna lose it. No, mom, it's cool. I, I love it. I'm gonna wear it. I'm, I'll be fine. We go tubing on the Guadalupe River. If you don't know the Guadalupe River, it's like one of the most dangerous rivers in Texas. <laughs> so, Everybody goes to it. It's awesome. It is. It's. I say that it's not like it's like you know. Grand Canyon level danger, but it's a fast-moving river, and everybody tubes. It's a summer destination. We throw our kids on some tubes. We go tubing. Kesley inevitably loses the fucking shirt that we had, the only Van yep. Halen shirt at the time that had been through so much with us, and that was never. Had to be so many in. pictures in it. Cute, cute shirt. Wish and, we still had it. Yeah, and then when I showed them the picture, and I said, "Remember the shirt that Kesley lost." on the group text and Sunny said well you should be glad that we didn't lose Kesley on that Guadalupe River and I texted back eh, <laughs> <laughs> eh. Um, oh, yeah. so that is how we came to this picture to this podcast um, we have successfully made it through seven yellow little yellow oh, pages no way. Um, that one was a little crazy that was a little so in conclusion though is like basically we wrapped it all up and we yeah. drove across the country again to Austin from Los Angeles to Austin halfway across and uh, ended up putting all these families rock show. Uh, the so-and-so family 
branded it as Family's Rock and we bought familiesrock.com. They did, we ran it, whatever. And it became this cool thing we'll have to talk about later. Yeah, it brings us into a whole other chapter of our life in Austin, Texas, and a whole other cool thing that we got to do and be a part of. But, um, God, that was some good stuff, though. That was some really good stuff. So with that, I don't... Um, did we have any bonus material that we wanted to throw on this? I don't know. We're driving through this epic, like, valley, though, and it's, like, rain clouds and stuff, and there's farms and you know, all of this stuff, and... You know, after talking about all that stuff, you know how much, I realize how much we really love that LA vibe and the Rainbow Room and all that stuff. Yeah. And I really realized how much we loved it because we hardly bitched about Oregon and Texas during this whole podcast, the one conflict <laughs> in our marriage. So I would just like to end that on a note to say that I love you. Oh. And I love that you love Oregon. Aww. And I love that you That's love nice. that I love Texas for me. I do love Texas for you. And I just think that was really sweet that um, that story like is obviously super special because we couldn't shut up the whole time and we didn't want to bitch about Oregon and Texas today. But you know what? It, it reminds me too on that same. Oh note. my God! Is it starting to rain? <laughs> how much I love you, <laughs> and how you're my best friend. You're my best friend too. And it's awesome because we always had fun no matter where we are. We're still having fun in Oregon. We yeah. had fun in Texas. Yeah. We have, we, we're on the same page. We, we'd really it's, yeah. like to be able to go to our places at our times. Because actually there's a lot about Oregon that you loved when we got here. You talked about how much better the central Oregon was with the forest. Yes. Well, And yeah. we both want to go over and experience the Midwest at a deeper level. We want to go to the Northeast and New England area. And, and we still want to do a lot of Canada. And we're on the same page. We're, you know, want to be near, be near the kids, but also be near tacos. Definitely. And be able to get them to the tacos. Well, and we were able to do that in Texas, and it's just, you know, it's just nice to realize that uh, we love that story so much that <laughs> it really took our mind off of the whole, yeah. where are we now, where are we going kind of feel. And reminds us that we're our best friends. You're my best friend. You're my best friend. I love you, Jake. I love you, too. That's a good ending. Clown. Okay. You're going to pee again. Okay. Actually, I might pee. Oh, Jesus, bitch. Damn, coming in hot, Greg. I know. It's fun. Are you going to pee on this side? I don't care. Go ahead. I'll wait for you. Ugh. Wow, Kessie said they were just turned away from the dump because they just found a foot at the dump. So they're investigating. Or they found a foot in Leadville, so they're investigating the dump. They found a foot in Leadville.